Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back to another episode of Developing the Leader Within. And today I am so fortunate and blessed to have Andy Neary with us. He is an Amazon bestseller, a podcast host, and a former Major League Baseball player. And so, Andy, thank you so much for being on the you show. Bad man. Thank you for having me, Enrique. It is so awesome. Listen, uh, today we're going to be focusing on something that you know a lot about, and it's mindset. So, folks, we're going to be talking about leadership and mindset today. But before we get into the good things, uh, Andy, can you give us a little background about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you, I'd like to say I know a lot about mindset because mine has failed me a lot. So <laughs> my, my quick backstory, Enrique, is this. Grew up in a really normal childhood. You know, no, I didn't grow up the rags, the riches story, anything like that. Um, but I was, I am the definition of average in the United States. If you go look up the average height of a male in this country, it's five foot nine. I'm five foot nine. And so in, uh, you mentioned I played professional baseball. Well, growing up, I was a pitcher. And being five foot nine, you are not what you call the typical pitcher. Today in Major League Baseball, the average height is 6'3", 6'4". And so I had to come overcome a lot of hurdles as a pitcher to continue to advance to the next level, right? And so from high school into college, it was all the work and not only on my mindset, but the habits and the rituals off the field that allowed me to excel in high school, excel later on in college, and then get that chance to pitch in the Milwaukee Brewers organization. But that's where the success ended. Because when I got to pro ball, Enrique, the things that made me so good, I got away from. Habits and rituals, but it was really the mindset that failed me. I saw myself as average. When I got there, I was constantly comparing myself to other people. I was constantly worried about what other people was, were thinking, and I just wanted to fit in. And that's really why my professional baseball career was so short, is because everything that had made me strong mentally, I, I, got, rid, or I got away from. And for the next, man, 10, 12 years, my business career was just one almost one failure after another. I, I was in sales. I wasn't really good at sales, hanging around the wrong people, not investing in myself, all that stuff. And really about 2010 is when I hit rock bottom. And, and in fact, rock bottom for me was a car accident. I, I had a pretty bad car accident that fortunately I walked away from, but it was in that moment that I realized I am, my life's got to change. <laughs> um, who am I hanging around? What do my habits look like? Am I taking care of myself? I've always taken care of myself physically, but am I taking my, care of myself mentally? Am I investing in myself? If I'm going to get better, I have to start reinvesting back into my own self-development. And then it's just that constant pursuit of doing the, same, you know, the things you need to be consistent at every single day. Flash forward, 2014, Amy and I decided to move from Wisconsin to Colorado. We born and raised 37 years in, or uh, 36 years in Wisconsin, moved to Colorado. 
And it was really there where I started flourishing, Enrique. Why? I went to work for an agency. I was in the insurance industry. And I was hired as their only sales producer. And this was an agency that didn't really know what the word marketing was. Mm. <laughs> and I was in a market now. Nobody knew who I was. And in that moment, I had to start growing my personal brand. And it's flourished into what you see today, May of 2020. But it took me six years. But by and large, the foundation of that brand, Enrique, is this, the mindset. It started with developing the right habits and rituals so that I could maximize every day and every week. Oh, man, that is uh, wonderful and, and, and so powerful to hear. Um, it's funny, you, you mentioned several words in that uh, introduction, and thank you for that, um, that just, uh, you know, just highlighted in my, in my, in my head, well, for mindset for one, and that's why we're talking about it, right? Uh, and um, uh, failure, failure was a second one uh, that came up, and you, you spoke about success, but, it, you know, there was more failure uh, in that, and it's funny because a lot of people think that because you see a successful person today that they've not come through some failures. And mm. I was talking yeah. with somebody and, and just quickly, cause I, I want to hear what you have to say about, uh, about failure. Um, but um, I like to play with words. I like to die, you know, dissect words and failure has two parts to it. It's, it's, it's fail. And then there's this lure and people don't focus on that to fail it's okay. The lure of failure is what gets you coming back. And that's what's yeah. not okay. And so I, I want to hear what you have to say, but I like to throw those little things out so people can say, oh man, that's just, um, how, how do you, in leadership, right? We're talking about leadership. In leadership and failure, um, uh, what's your perspective on, on failure? Yeah, that's a great point. And one, I also love playing on with words. So, so I love how you did that there. Uh, Enrique, failure, you know, for me, it was something in the past I absolutely feared. I did not want to fail. Therefore, I would think about things. I would ponder on things. I would never take action on things. God forbid I would fail at them, right? And in leadership, I see that happening so often where mm -hmm. – as a leader, you feel you kind of have to wear this coat of arms of steel mm -hmm. that you can't fail, that you have to almost be ironclad for your team because that's the way you want them to observe or to, for you to appear to them. But honestly, today, I think the best leaders out there are the ones who absolutely don't fear failure whatsoever. And that's where I've, I've, I've gotten to my point in my life, one of the blessings and one of the greatest victories I think I have had in personal development is the willingness to fail. I don't care anymore. Running my own business now, you have to fail. And, if, and when you fail and you have that mindset of, I don't care if I fail because if this doesn't work, I'm just going to try something else. I'm going to learn from this failure, which is going to allow me to be better the next time. And I'm going to come right back and try something else. That to me, Enrique, for a leader <clears throat> is the most freeing feeling one can have is when you have no worries about failing. So as a leader, I would highly suggest you give your team that same freedom. Oh man. Yeah. Now there can be epic failures that can lead to bad situations, right? But at the same time, I think just in daily, call it daily activities that your team is working on, give them that freedom of creativity and knowing, Hey guys, if this doesn't work out, 
we're going to try something else. We're going to keep going. And I always say, do, failure, do, fail, learn, do again. Do, oh. fail, learn, do again. And keep doing that over and over again, and life gets pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, the, the attitude and, and, you know, and the mindset, right? We go back to the top of the mindset of how you perceive the, uh, the fail, the part that, you know, you, got, you either fail or you succeed. Um, but that, that fail part is so important because in success, you don't really have to do much, right? Um, if I got on the internet and I put out a video and I got 1 million likes and I'm on <laughs> ABC, CBS, NBC overnight, I didn't really do anything but put something out, right? And success just carries you all the way. It's where that fail comes. And, and I, I like how you put it uh, on the perspective of the leader to teach, to, to show. Um, we, when we're in a team, we look towards our leader for examples. And that one showing us that failure is, is, is or to fail is just a thing. Mm-hmm. And you, you shouldn't hide from it. You shouldn't run from it. You should face it head on and get over it because it's nothing but an obstacle. And so I love how you put that. Um, and, and which brings me to uh, another, maybe uh, another point in leadership is you're being looked at, right? They're watching. And here's the other thing about that. Now, now one thing you got to be careful of Enrique, right? Is if somebody fails, your team fails and it, fails over and over and over doing the same thing. That's a problem. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. as long as you're failing and you're learning from it and it's not holding you back from trying again and trying something else, do you ever really fail? It's more learning than it is failing, right? Absolutely. And to your point about people are watching, this is something I know I get a lot of pushback from, but I think it's very true today. Couple things. Number one, as a leader, you have to have a short-term memory. And I go back to my days as a pitcher uh, to talk about what it means to have a short-term memory. If I'm on the mound and I just gave up a 400-foot home run, I got to get that ball back from the catcher, a new ball, obviously, but I got to get a ball back from the catcher, and I've got a batter I've got to face again. I've got to forget about what just happened. And pretty dang quick. Flip side, I just strike out the number four hitter. I can't get high on my own supply because – there's an equally good hitter now at bat that I've got to bear down and face again. And so I think for leaders, number one, you can't let the highs be too high, the lows too low. I, use, I also use a football analogy here, Enrique. Remember Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith? Oh, yeah. Unforgettable. I loved guys like that. Why? Because when they scored a touchdown, what did they do? They gave the ball to the ref. They acted like they had been there before. Look at the players today. Every touchdown is a – React play. It's a World Series play. They act like they've never been there before. And I'm seeing that in business right now. People get these wins, social media, you get one win, and it's like it, you, you act like you've never been there before. Act like you've been there before because you have to have that short term memory. Great. You won, celebrate the victory, no doubt. But you got to move forward and keep progressing. You can't just sit on that one victory. Wow, that's a and, and 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 even there, you are showing an example to others because 
in everything we do. Now you remember that, you know, that, that fact that Barry Sanders, uh, you know, they would give the ball like, okay, next play, let's go. Uh, it's, it's, it's so encouraging to those watching because that's the example we want to see. We want to see a person that can do the job, but is so humble yep. to say, okay, enough of that. <laughs> Let's get to work. Right. Um, and, and it's so, uh, it's so intriguing when you talk about leadership, um, in terms of, of, of being an example, what can you, what can you give us on, mm, on, on that? I love this one. I love this one. <laughs> Lead by example. You know, I go back again, a lot of, a lot of what I teach goes back to my days in baseball. I was, you know, up until pro ball, Enrique, I was a captain on almost every team that I was on, but I was not the rah-rah type of captain. I was the lead by example captain. Like you want to know how to do something, just watch me. And that to me is a sign of a great leader today. Anybody can get in front of a room in uh, front of a team in a conference room and just give them the rah-rah speech, but that lasts for what? Five minutes. Mm -hmm. If you put in the work every single day, I always say, put the work in off the field that makes you great on it. That is leading by example. So for, if I'm a leader today, the challenge, a question I have for every leader is, are you putting in the same work you're asking of your team? And I'm not talking about the work at the desk. I'm talking about what are you doing to improve your own mind? Are you taking care of yourself so that you can be your best every day and bring your best to your team? Because again, you said it earlier, Enrique, they're watching. And so if you lead by that example, you're naturally going to have a team that, that embodies that culture as well. You have to lead by example. And, and lead by example, not just by job title. Because I see a lot of leaders as well that feel they are leaders purely because it says their title says they are. Right. You're not a leader until you lead by example, in my opinion. Well, I mean, the, the, the proof and the actions will tell which side you're on, right? Yeah. Um, you, you know, your comment on leading by example threw me back uh, a quite, a, quite a few years back. Um, when I was in the Navy, there was a <clears throat> senior first class. Uh, so there's chief petty officers and, and, and above, and that's the senior management. And then there's that E6 first class petty officer that's just on the cusp to getting into the chief's mess, right? And um, I remember her saying, I was already gone and she, said, and, and she said, I would think, what would Enrique do? And mm -hmm. I'm, I, and it blew my mind. It blew my mind that she would- W-W-E-D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it blew my mind because yeah. first of all, so humbling that, that she would even mention that. Yep. But the proof is, when you leave, what do, what do those people say about you? How do they think about you? Were you leading enough by example for them to even ask that? And so that was just a, a humble confirmation for me. And, I, and I'm grateful for it. But that's, uh, you know, my you mind know, was going. You just, you just brought back a memory for me, too, because I remember my senior year at UW-Milwaukee where I, where I played. Um, we had a, I had a teammate that very talented pitcher that had struggled first two years of his career. And it was more because of off the field stuff. And I remember going into his, so he was a year behind going into his junior year and he ended up having an extremely successful career his last two years there. But I remember going into my senior year, his junior year, the head coach had pulled him aside and said, 
all I want you to do this year is follow Andy. When he goes in the weight room, you go in the weight room. When he goes and works out, when he goes and puts in, 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 in work, is working on his mechanics, is, is uh, you know, doing the bullpen sessions, you're doing the same. Just follow Andy this entire year. That to me was, like you just said, it's humbling. Yeah. Because they're just saying, all I want you to do is observe and do exactly what he's doing. That's a, that's amazing and a, and a, and a blessing, right? For those that have, uh, ever experienced something like that. Um, you know, the, the proof of your labor is the yep. lot of the other people, right? So, yep. um, when you, when you think about, uh, so we've talked about, uh, failures and, and, uh, having, uh, you know, short-term memory and successes and things and leading by example, um, you look at the leader holistically, and I've been on this thing, this, uh, you know, this last couple of weeks, which is, you know, uh, the leader within. And that's why I titled the, the podcast that it's the leader within, uh, but it requires you to own something before mm. you throw them out. Right. Um, what's your perspective on, on leadership and ownership? Mm -hmm. uh, because it really uh, is one of the most important things a leader can harness. I am not taking credit for this one. Um, this, this is, this, this goes probably listening to all the podcasts I've listened to over the years. One of the best things I've ever learned for myself. And it's, I think one of the best things any leader can learn is take 100% responsibility for everything that happens. And that includes your team. If you are willing to take 100% ownership of everything that happens with your team, good and bad, life gets a lot easier. Because I think it's, again, it's easy to take in all the adulations when things are going well at, for your team, but then it's easy to quickly point fingers when it's not going well. And so one of the worst, you know, not to talk negative here, but you know, one of the most awkward feelings I can recall is being in meetings where a leader pointed or criticized somebody publicly. Mm. They point, you know, they pointed out somebody's failure in a team meeting. You want to create a bad culture quickly. That's the way to do it. I always say praise publicly, criticize privately, but take 100% ownership of everything that happens to your team. And if you happen to be a solopreneur, you don't have a team, take 100% of everything that happens, uh, that, that happens to your business, 100% responsibility. Because now you understand that no matter what happens, if you can take that ownership, like I said, honestly, it takes a weight off your shoulders and it clears, it clears up your life, it clears up your business dramatically. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with that. Um, and, and when you mentioned that, that meeting and pointing out, oh man, my hair stood up. Like, oh, <laughs> We've all been there, right? Yeah, oh man, that's a bad situation. Well, and, and Enrique, <laughs> I like to call that again, being a sports guy that I am, it's about having a good locker room. You got to look at all the teams that win championships. They all have an, they all have an unbelievable locker room culture as they call it. Right. You have to create that good locker room culture within your organization. Yeah, I, I, I've seen uh, many examples of, of, of good locker rooms and, and bad locker rooms. <laughs> um, and, and I absolutely agree with you about the 100%. You, you, you have to be able to, and that's, why, that's really why you are in a leadership position. 
because yep. you know how to navigate the stormy waters and get the team to the other side as if nothing ever happened, right? Peace be still, kind of, you know, uh, get them to the other side as if nothing happened, have them wondering what just happened <laughs> and, and that they still survive and can live another day because of, yep. of, of your leader. And so, you know, that's so critical uh, uh, in the execution and the proper execution of your leadership role, because, uh, you know, I, I, I've been talking about this also, you know, most leaders are only there because they were the best technician, mm -hmm. whatever job they were doing. Yep. It was, you were the best almond picker. I don't know. <laughs> and you just happened to be the fastest and you were the one that producing the numbers. Now all of a sudden, here's our knight in shining army when, when, when sometimes it's not like that. Right. So that, that the best technician doesn't always translate to the best. Oh, leader. And I'm glad you said this because this is, this is a hot button for me being a coach. Um, it is really easy to have imposter syndrome because I look back again, my, my past, I come from the health insurance world. Did I sell the most in health insurance in the country, in the industry? Heck no. But I think a huge mistake many organizations make when it, call, it comes to leadership, Enrique. And this, I'm going to really pinpoint this down to say like a sales team. Who typically becomes the leader? The, the one with the most sales. Right. A couple problems easily happen at that point. Number one, you're taking your best sales producer off, <laughs> away from producing. So typically, you'll see their numbers drop as a team. Number two, just because they are best at sales does not mean they know how to lead or teach or coach. Think about some of the best athletes in the world. Did they make good coaches? No. Why? Because here's their philosophy of leading. Just do what I did. Mm -hmm. Now I'll go look at some of the best coaches in sports. Were they the best athletes? No. But they know how to coach people to pull the greatness that is out of that is in these folks that's are always been in them that they just didn't know how to pull out themselves. That to me is a leader and a coach. So to, I love that you said what you said, just because, because somebody has the best stats does not mean they should inherently become the leader of that team. Definitely. Uh, and, and, and you mentioned that scenario about the coaching and I, and, and I laugh in my head because yeah, sometimes I've looked and said, uh, watching the game, and I'm looking at the coach. I mean, man, that's a good coach. And then you find out later on, they were actually players. Yeah, <laughs> but you didn't even know. But you didn't even know. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, that's noteworthy uh, because for, for leaders, executives that are looking to replace and to bring up to leadership, keep in mind, keep your, your, your point of view very wide when you're looking for your next leader, because it may be, be underneath the stack, right? So, so wonderful. That's a wonderful point, and, uh, and thank you for that. Um, attributes of leadership comes to mind, right? Because we've talked about the, you know, some of the pitfalls of, of, of leadership and, and success and failure and, and all these things. What, what would you say would be one of the most important attributes of a leader? I'm gonna actually share two, if you don't mind. Yes, Number yes. one, um, I just did a video about this uh, not too long ago. 
you want to be, you want to be promoted. You want to become known as a leader in your organization. Even if you're not a leader by title, bring more value than your job requires. Uh, mm. I think one of the things that has blown me away for, for so many years, Enrique, is in some industries, you become a leader simply by tenure. And I've never understood that because you could be at an organization for 10 years. And in some organizations, that means, okay, now you're going to get promoted. You've been here long enough. But what, what if you just repeated one, your first year 10 times? And you haven't brought any more value. So number one, if you really want to be perceived as a leader and you want to advance to leadership roles within whatever career organization you're in, always look to bring more value than you're asked to bring. Number two, empathy. Mm. I think empathy right now is a hot word. It's a buzzword. But do many people practice it? And there's a big difference between empathy and enablement. Mm. empathy is Enrique. I, I understand where you're coming from. You're struggling in sales right now. I've been there too. Let's, but I'm not going to let you stay there. Let's craft a plan to get you back going again. Enablement is Enrique. I understand you're not, you're struggling right now. It's okay. It's okay. You're a good person. I'm going to let you stay right where you're at. That's enablement. <laughs> Empathy is, is, is very important. And, and on the flip side, because I've been guilty of lacking empathy in the past, Enrique, is when somebody's struggling, you have to acknowledge that. And I think a lot of leaders right now look at people and they don't, they don't empathize with, with where that individual might be in that given moment. And, 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 and it also the leader doesn't show much emotion as a result of that. And it creates that disconnect between the leader and his or her team that they're not aware of. And when you don't have empathy, I think it, it, it definitely makes you unapproachable. Uh, people fear failing in front of you. Mm. And all of a sudden, all these disconnects we've talked about, the fear of failure, I can't talk to this person. They're unapproachable. That's the culture you create when you lack empathy. You have to have empathy as a leader today. That's so important. I, I you know, and, I think that a lot of times we forget that the reason why we are in leadership is because of people. Mm -hmm. If if you were in a factory full of cars, are you the leader? <laughs> That's it. You know, you you really not. You you you're the over overseer. That's all you are. Yep. And so when you deal with leadership and people in a way. Uh, as a factory would, you know, uh, an assembly line, then that's all you have. You're just an overseer. Yep. Uh, and and yeah, there's a lot to be said about overseers, right? So, uh, so, but remember that it's people. If it were not for the people, you wouldn't be there. So learn how to deal with people. And it's funny, we're telling humans to learn how to deal with humans. It doesn't, it blows my mind, but, but I, I love, you know, the fact that you, you, you bring these two points up because empathy for one validates that you're a human, that you're a person, that you yep. also suffer some things um, uh, that they may be going through. And I love how you put it. You know, I understand you're, you're struggling. You're, you know, you're not hitting this. Hey, I was there. You have, there's a touch point. Yep. And if you don't have a touch point, you don't have current going through it, right? Yep. And so uh, I, I love how you put that. 
you know, uh, Andy, mindset has been transformative for you, right? You know, mm -hmm. you said you had that accident thing. Hey, man, you got to start doing something about yeah. yourself, man. You know, yeah, you, you take care of yourself physically, but what about your mind? What about your investment? You talk about investment. I love that because I'm one that promotes invest in yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're throwing out for some invest in yourself because the true leader has to have that in them to give. And so I, I love what you do in the mindset arena. And I, I am positive that our listening audience will, will, will love to hear more of you and about you. How could they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, number one website is andyneary.com. Um, feel free to go there and check out my content. Let's connect if you, if you uh, so deem it. You and I are both on LinkedIn a lot, Enrique. So andyneary.com or Andy Neary, look me up on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect and chat like you and I. That's how we started. And then I've got the Bullpen Session podcast. Uh, every Tuesday, I throw out an interview. Every Friday, it's Friday Bullpen Sessions with my thoughts. And so, yeah, if, if, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to have you come, subscribe, and check it out. So you heard it, folks. Uh, reach out to Andy. Uh, I'll make sure to put all that information at the bottom of the video so you can have it. Uh, mindset is so important in leadership. Uh, Andy, thank you so much you for being on the show. Uh, thank you for the, the, the value that you brought today. <laughs> and, and we continue to encourage you out there, uh, leaders, if, if you are in a point where you're, fa uh, you're hitting that failure mark uh, or you're facing fail instead of success, uh, look at it, as Andy said, as an opportunity to grow, to learn, learn from those uh, uh, instances and overcome. And if you're having trouble, reach out to Andy. I'm sure he'll be <laughs> able to help you out. Uh, and, and I encourage all of you to do that. Andy, one more time, thank you for you being bet. on the show and for everybody that is listening. Until next week and success to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.